Section 25 of Messengers of Evil by Marcel Alain and Pierre Silvestre. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter 25 A Mouse Trap. Jerome Fondor had been ringing Juve's doorbell in vain. The great detective was not at home. What the deuce is he doing? What has become of him? never have i needed his advice as i need it now his support encouragement what a comfort they would be it is impossible he would have dissuaded me against the attempt or he might have joined forces with me hang it all it was a jolly bad move on juve's part to make himself scarce at such a critical moment for me it is a long time too since i had news of him were i not certain that he has sound reasons for his absence juve never acts haphazard i should be desperately anxious fondor consulted his watch four o'clock he had time then he could think over all the dramatic events in which he had been involved during the past weeks beginning with the rue norvans affair and ending how and when at last our journalist arrived before the immense building which forms the corner of the rue de cliche he saw in front of him the tall windows of the flat occupied by nantoul on the ground floor were the bank offices well thought fondor i certainly am going to do an unconventional thing if my summing up of them is right these bankers are balanced calm cold without imagination and distrusting it in others i shall have to be eloquent to convince them to make them listen to me and get them to do what i want will they show me the door as though i were an intriguer or a madman i shall not let them do it ah they will owe me a fine candle if i have the good luck whether there will be good luck for my venture and gratitude from the bankers remains to be seen here goes seated behind their large and important-looking writing-table as though judges behind a judgment seat monsieurs barbet and nantoul in their immense reception office separated from the rest of the world by a number of padded doors had just said to fondor who was standing in front of them we are listening to you monsieur fondor had asked to see the bankers and to see them only stating that he would wait if they were engaged he had been shown into a handsomely furnished room then into another then into a third finally he had been ushered into the office of the partners he had waited there for a few minutes alone he recognized it as the same room in which he had interviewed monsieur barbey a few weeks earlier again he saw the same hangings the same fine rugs the same velvet armchair of classic design then barbey solemn and nantoul elegant arose in his buttonhole had entered the room their manner stiff starched showing no surprise accustomed as they were to receive visitors of all sorts and all kinds they were polite but not cordial fondor accustomed to society as he was and audacious as he had to be in the exercise of his profession was intimidated for a moment by the calm simplicity of the two men these strictly conventional bankers to whom he was about to say such strange things and make a most unexpected proposition first of all he made excuse on excuse for having disturbed the bankers at their post time then anxiety overcame every consideration of conventional propriety full of persuasive ardour he went straight to the point monsieurs declared he you are more deeply involved than you might think in the mysterious affairs occupying the attention of the police at this moment 
so far they have not got to the bottom of them i myself through the necessities of my profession and owing to other circumstances have been drawn into an investigation conjointly with the detective department an investigation which has had definite results it has enabled me to discover clues of the highest importance i learned too late alas to prevent the tragedies that certain persons were the chosen victims of these mysterious criminals madame de vibray the princess danidoff were condemned beforehand the robbery of your gold was carefully arranged now to my point monsieurs you yourselves are sentenced the execution of the sentence to be carried out three days hence do you believe me fondor had drawn nearer the two bankers only the immense mahogany writing-table stood between them the partners had listened with cold attention nevertheless a slight trembling of monsieur barbey's lips betrayed hidden feeling noticing this fondor was emboldened to proceed monsieur nanteuil in a slightly sneering tone but with a perfectly correct manner replied to the ardent young journalist we are greatly obliged to you monsieur for the sympathy you have shown us by coming to give us information regarding the mysterious assassins whom the police are so zealously trying to round up believe me we are accustomed to take our precautions seeing that we have the handling of enormous sums of money we are none the less grateful to you for your interest in us and for your warning it is not a question of gratitude interrupted fondor sharply we have to deal with very strong opponents i say we because i have become more and more personally involved in all these crime tragedies believe me i speak from five years experience as a reporter who has had to report on an average one crime a day up to now nothing absolutely nothing has hindered the criminals from executing their plans but warned in time we may be able to thwart them but interrupted monsieur barbey who had grown more and more serious what are you aiming at fondor felt that the decisive moment had arrived bending across the table his face almost touching the faces of the two men he said slowly and distinctly monsieurs i have asked la capitale to grant me three days leave i have brought a little travelling bag with me here it is leaving home as i did about half an hour ago i consider i have arrived at the end of my journey will you offer me hospitality for the next forty-eight hours i know that you monsieur nanteuil live above your offices whilst monsieur barbey goes home every evening to his place at st germain i ask you to give up your room to me for i am determined not to leave here for an instant fondor in his eagerness had spoken faster and faster and his heart was beating violently he stared fixedly at the two men he quite expected that his demand would excite astonishment that objections would be raised and he was ready with a crowd of arguments by which to convince them and carry his point but the surprise was his for the bankers did not seem particularly astonished they consulted each other with a look then as barbey opened his mouth to reply nanteuil began to speak rising politely at the same time monsieur fandor your last statements and remarks are too serious to be passed over lightly your offer is too generous to be rejected without consideration will you allow us to retire for a minute or two my partner and i will discuss the question for about ten minutes fandor marched up and down the sumptuous room then one of the padded doors opened silently and barbey entered more solemn than ever nanteuil was smiling monsieur said barbey in weighty tones my partner and i in view of the exceptional seriousness of the situation for your words carry conviction have come to a decision we beg of you to consider yourself our guest from this moment and to consider this house as your own 
and it is understood of course that you will dine with us this evening added nanteuil with friendly graciousness monsieur barbey will be of the party and will pass the night in our company and you can count on it that we shall drink a good bottle of burgundy to enable us to await with patience and serenity the audacious individuals you say we are to expect dear monsieur fandor here are some illustrated papers with some gay sketches of dear little women to exercise your patience over whilst we sign our outgoing letters as fast as possible end of chapter twenty five read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com